Welcome to the Mysterious Creatures program. This is a public service announcement program featuring the documented accounts of the mysterious creatures living among us. Before we begin today's program, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Folks, do you wish you were smarter? Are you slow of speech? Do you stutter or find your mind wandering often? Well, your mind problems are about to change. With help from the newest fizzy drink, Eureka Cola, you can raise your intellect and acumen while you drink. That's right, folks. The one and only Eureka Cola has the ability to make you smarter just by drinking it. The secret is in the recipe. Eureka Cola is made with a simple compound that when consumed daily increases your brain power. The ingredients within the secret compound target the brain and jumpstart the neurons. You will find yourself becoming highly quick-witted and able to solve the most complex of problems. Raise your status, make your opinions known, and win arguments with Eureka Cola. Who knows, you could become the next Einstein. Simply drink your way to a bright intellectual future with Eureka Cola. Pick up a case of Eureka Cola today at your nearest grocery store. And now, on with the program. The accounts of strange feral creatures living in the forests of Ohio have triggered an investigation on our part. We sent two of our bravest field reporters, Danny Milford, and Peggy Strong to Cortland, Ohio to learn more. Unfortunately, Danny Milford has gone missing, and after debriefing Miss Strong, we are afraid we probably will never see our brave Danny again. What follows is a detailed investigation by Peggy Strong, who phoned us her report. Upon arriving at Kirtland, our reporters both determined to get the scoop on what was going on and decided to split up. Miss Strong claims that that was the last time she saw Danny. Miss Strong, upon wishing Danny good luck, left and headed straight for the local newspaper. She was graciously received by the chief editor, a local listener of our program. He was able to help her locate a previous article from a newspaper issue from several months ago. The article was an interview with an eyewitness who claims to have been attacked by what was referred to in the article as the melon heads. The article had little more to go on, but Miss Strong was able to get the name and address of the eyewitness. She left the local newspaper and went straight over to the eyewitness's address. The witness, a man by the name of Edward Smith, told Miss Strong about the cannibalistic group of creatures. He said they were known locally as melonheads. He claims these creatures were the aftermath of illegal experiments done on them by one Dr. Crow, who used to run a facility that took in abandoned children. Smith claimed that Dr. Crow injected chemicals into the children's brains, which caused their craniums to grow to a grotesque size. Because of the abnormal growth, the children developed hydrocephalus, which caused them to become mentally retarded and insane. Smith said the experiments went on for years until the melon heads finally revolted. They killed Dr. Crow and burned down the facility. Many of them were killed in the fire, but some escaped into the forest. 
that's where Smith comes into the story. He was a skeptic and journeyed into the forest of Crybaby Bridge on several occasions. Until recent events, his expeditions were fruitless. But the last time he entered the forest, Smith came across one of the melon heads. He recognized the creature immediately by its enlarged cranium. He was able to persuade it to come towards him by holding out pieces of beef jerky. Smith claims the melon head came forward and quick as lightning lunged for the jerky. With a savage bite, the melon head severed Smith's pointer and the top of his middle finger on his right hand. Wounded, Smith immediately ran for help, leaving the melon head to enjoy its meal. As he finished his story, he raised his hand and showed Miss Strong the missing fingers on his right hand and said, The melon heads are real, and they've resorted to cannibalism, eating whatever or whoever they are able to catch. Miss Strong thanked Smith for his story, and after some prying, she was able to get directions from Smith to the location of the attack in the forest. She left the Smith's residence and immediately made her way to the forest. On arriving at the spot, Miss Strong admits feeling a little downtrodden, for she noticed Danny's automobile parked there, but Danny was nowhere to be found. She called out to him, but received no response, so she began walking through the woods. She walked for a little while when she came upon Danny's hat with a small bloodstain on it. At which point, Miss Strong, fearing the worst and being level-headed, immediately ran back to her vehicle and made straight for the police station. Whereupon, she notified the police of her suspicions and then phoned us at Mysterious Creatures all the details up until the present time. We now hope that Danny Milford has not become a victim of these cannibalistic creatures. This just in. Kirtland's finest have located and found our missing reporter alive. It seems he had, through his own investigation, found his way to the forest of Crybaby Bridge. Danny has issued the following statement to the police, and a copy has been sent to us. Should you be listening with your children, you might want to send them out of the room to play for this next part. The statement is quite horrifying and violent. And now the statement of our reporter, Danny Milford. It reads as follows. I had made great progress and was feeling the investigation was coming to a fruitful head. I had visited the remains of the burned-out facility where Dr. Crow was claimed to have been experimenting on children. I found little in evidence to support the claims of the bulbous-headed creatures the locals called melon heads. As I turned to leave, I noticed a man raking leaves on the grounds. After striking up a conversation with him, I learned that the man, in fact, had been the keeper of the grounds in his younger days when the facility was in operation. He said that he never went into the facility and that his job was to tend the grounds, a job he still does to this day. But the man did say that when the facility was in operation, terrible screams could be heard at odd hours of the night and that he believes that some of the children Dr. Crow experimented on escaped into the forest of Crybaby Bridge at the time the facility burnt to the ground. I thanked him for his information, and with some pressing, was able to get the exact location near the forest of Crybaby Bridge where the melon heads were last seen. I immediately made my way down to the forest. I walked around for about an hour and found no sign of these melonhead creatures. Then I noticed the sun was beginning to set, so I turned and started heading back to my vehicle. That's when something struck me on the back of the head, and I blacked out. 
I awoke in the darkness of the forest, with my hands bound behind my back to a large wooden stake. As my eyes adjusted to the dark, I saw several figures standing around me in a semicircle. They were short, about three or four feet tall. Each one had an enormous swelling head like a watermelon, which caused them to hunch forward from the weight. They were all growling and babbling incoherently. One of the larger ones stepped around behind me and bent its swollen head down so that it touched my back. I felt it grab a hold of my left hand and force my pinky finger into its wet mouth. Then it proceeded to bite off my finger. I screamed as it spit out my finger into its grubby palm and then tossed it over to one of the other creatures. I shouted again as I felt the head again touch my back. I struggled as the creature tried to put another one of my fingers into its awful mouth. At that moment, I heard a concussive blast of a shotgun. The creature's head behind me exploded, showering me with crimson gore. The rest of the melon heads turned and fled deeper into the woods. The police had arrived just in time. There you have it, folks. All is well minus a finger. Should you find yourself up in the state of Ohio, do not travel alone, and especially do not go into the Crybaby Bridge Forest. Take our reporter's story to heart, or you just might become the Melonhead's next meal. At this point in time, we will conclude our investigation of the Melonheads. As always, we encourage you to listen next time, so that you, our great listeners, will know what mysterious creatures might be lurking in your area. Stay safe, and do not go into the woods alone. This episode was written by Caleb Overt. We'd like to thank Kevin McLeod with incompetent.filmmusic.io for the royalty-free music you heard in this episode. Also, if you'd like to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter at mcreaturespod. If you've been enjoying the podcast so far, give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Five stars is a good option. And remember to stay safe.